Hey, man, you guys have a seat. We got baptisms. Amen, church. You all sounded good out there this morning. Come on, Michaela. I welcome you to Burlington Baptist. It's good to see you this morning. This is Michaela Duncan. You see all your friends out there, Michaela? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just excited for Michaela. Michaela comes from Queens, New York, right? Not quite, but Westchester County, New York. Westchester and uh, Bia answers in Genesis. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're glad to have her. She's been coming for a while, and I've been enjoying getting to know her. And uh, she comes this morning wanting to follow Jesus in baptism, acknowledging Jesus as Lord. Amen. <laughs> All right, Michaela, you've trusted Jesus as Lord, and it's my privilege to baptize you as my sister in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, you've got to get on your feet after Ken now, okay? This is Ken Sharp. And uh, let me get you right here, Ken. And uh, Ken is, uh, he's my one for this year. And so I was super excited. <laughs> Ken, there's your family right down there. Thank you all for coming today. And uh, Ken's been coming since November of 2019. And it's been a privilege to get to know him and uh, talk to him about the Lord. And just a few weeks ago, he was ready to trust in the Lord. And I'm excited for him. And, uh, Get on your profession that Jesus is your Lord. I baptize you today as my brother in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. You're the God who saves, and we always want to acknowledge that. And uh, Lord, whatever age... Uh, Lord, you're mighty to save. And so I thank you today for Michaela. I thank you today for Ken. I thank you that you've opened their eyes and they've recognized their need for, for Jesus to be their Savior. And uh, Lord, we give you praise for that. Lord, personally, I, I thank you for answered prayers. I, I thank you for Ken and his salvation. And uh, I pray that as we lift up our ones to you, that you hear and, and you save and we give you praise. Help us as a church to love and encourage Ken and Michaela, help us to come alongside them and help us to, to help them become your disciples. And uh, we'll give you all the praise. And we ask you today that you might save someone that's gathered here this morning. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, come up. Sorry. I got so excited. <laughs> yeah. Man, we lost an hour of sleep, but we've had an exciting morning, haven't we? <laughs> Man, they, uh, they clapped during that first song in the first service this morning. That's the first time I'd heard that. And then we, we were just so excited over those baptisms and everything. This is just, it's a great morning to be here, isn't it? So welcome to uh, Burlington Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us this morning, I want to say, you know, welcome. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, if you would, we have connection cards out at our starting point desk. We'd love for you to get one of those and fill that out and just... Let us have a little bit of information so that we can kind of stay connected with you and let you know some of the things that are going on here. Uh, if you're watching with us online, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can also fill out that connection card online as well through our website. But we're just, we're excited to be here this morning just to worship God together and just spend time with each other. So I have a couple things I want to highlight for us real quick. We've got a lot of ministries that are kind of starting back up. Uh, we've got some men's discipleship programs that started up this week, and, and those are going off really well, and some women's discipleship going on the past couple weeks. Uh, we did start this past Monday. We started our college ministries. Those Monday nights at 7 o'clock, we're meeting here uh, in the church building in the children's wing. And so that's an exciting thing. If you're in college or around 18 to 22 years old, we'd love to have you out for that. Uh, we also started our Kids Rock ministry back this past week. And so it's a little different this year. It's from 7 to 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. We'd love to see you guys out for that. I think it went really well on Wednesday, and we're excited to finish out the school year having Kids Rock back here again. 
Um, we do have a couple ministry opportunities for you guys. Uh, one thing is that we are looking for some members for our First Impressions team. I think they serve uh, about one week out of the month. Uh, just kind of smiling faces, people that are excited to uh, see new people coming in and just uh, greet people and show them around the church. We'd love to have you guys be a part of that. You can contact the church office for more information on that, or we have some information online. Uh, we also have our racetrack ministry coming up here in a few weeks. I think it's on the 22nd of March, so if you're interested in uh, kind of bringing some food for that or being a part of that, uh, please let us know. Reach out to the church office, and we can give you some more information there. And then a really exciting thing, we have our Annie Armstrong Easter offering coming up. The Annie Armstrong Easter offering is the offering that goes directly toward North American missionaries. And so it's uh, people who are sharing the gospel right here in the States. Our goal for that is going to be $6,000. And so we're excited about that and excited about supporting that mission work. Uh, out at our starting point desk, we have these little brochures that kind of outline about a week of prayer that we can have uh, kind of about that. Uh, ministry and everything so I encourage you guys to grab one of these and look through it over the next week or so and then we're also going to be posting some stuff about prayer on Facebook and we've got all kinds of different things going on uh, in the church right now make sure to be checking our church website because you can kind of find all that information there and so this morning as we continue worshiping together I'd like to pray dear Heavenly Father thank you for this opportunity just to be here this morning just to celebrate uh, these baptisms and just celebrate this time together. God, I pray that uh, you just help us to see you this morning. God, we love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen. And I'd like to invite uh, Addie up. She's going to read our scripture for us this morning. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. Would you like to stand up with us one last time? I told Michaela that after her and Ken got baptized, I wanted to sing, celebrate good times. She said Come that would on. be embarrassing, but this, this song is just as good, I promise. Yeah. 
is the kind of thing that'll break a man. Break him down to his knees. God, I've been broken more in a time or two. But you pick me up, show me what it means to be a man. That's why I sing all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. Cause I've been washed by the blood. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. Cause I've been washed by the blood. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven Cause I've been washed by the blood Y'all can take a seat. Amen, amen, amen. All of our hopes in Jesus, amen. I hope your hope is in Jesus. I hope you've been washed by the blood. And uh, we're in Matthew chapter 3 this morning. This whole year, we've been in a series called Turning Our Eyes Upon Jesus, and uh, we've been trying to intentionally focus on Jesus, and uh, listen, there's lots of distractions, and, and yet we realize that Jesus is the one who loved us the most, the one who came to save us from our sins, and so we want to look to Him. A couple weeks ago, we saw Jesus as our coming bridegroom. Last week, we saw Jesus as the greatest prophet. We were going to see Jesus as our great high priest this morning, but uh, I thought just with the, the baptisms we've had lately and the couple we had this morning that we would see Jesus as the baptized, beloved Son of God. Baptized, beloved Son of God. And so if you'll stand with me in honor of God's Word, we'll read Matthew chapter 3. We'll read specifically 13 through 17. So good to be here with you this morning. You are a good-looking group, and uh, always blessed each week when we see some new people come and, and some of our older folks come back for the first time in a long time. We, we rejoice in that. Verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to, John, to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And let's pray. Father, thank you for your beloved Son, Jesus. We're so thankful that he would step out of heaven and come to earth, that he would go and die on the cross for a wretch like me. We praise you for that today. Lord, I, I thank you today that we can sing to you. Lord, that we can uh, participate in believers' baptism. We just acknowledge you're mighty to save. Lord, I pray that in this room and those listening online that you'd give us receptive hearts, that your spirit would speak clearly that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear. And Father, forgive me of my sins and speak now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated and we'll jump right in there. Before we turn our eyes to Jesus and his baptism, I want us to quick, quickly consider John the Baptist. John is known as the forerunner for Jesus. And we'll start with that, just the background of John the Baptist. In Matthew 3, 3, Matthew uh, quotes from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, Isaiah talked about a prophet who would come crying in the wilderness. And what he would cry is what we find in verse 3, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
Now, in the ancient world, uh, a herald would go out whenever a king was coming, and the herald would go out before the king got there and say, Hey, the king is coming. Get ready. And so uh, he would make the way straight. Uh, he'd make sure the road was smooth and, and everyone was prepared for the king. And that's what John's task was. What a privilege he had to tell people that Jesus was coming. And we know that Jesus was no ordinary king. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here's what we see in regards to, to John the Baptist. First of all, he lived simply. Uh, verse 4 gives us a description. Uh, he wore garments a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and, and wild honey. And so this man out in the wilderness uh, with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate grasshoppers and honey. And so there was nothing fancy about John. And uh, we can't help but like John, can we? He is humble. Uh, he knew what his role was. Uh, in verse 11, he says that uh, as he's preparing them for Jesus, uh, he said that I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And so the most menial of task in carrying someone's sandals, dirty old sandals, John says, I'm not even worthy to do that for Jesus. And, and we know in John 3.30 that he said that, that he must increase and I must decrease. And so while John lived simply, uh, humbly, we find that he spoke boldly. Uh, we notice this about John. His message in verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so John began his ministry with calling people to repentance. You say, what does that word repent mean? Well, the Greek word is metneo, and it literally means to have a change of mind. And we find this word used a lot in Scripture. And as we study it, we realize that, that repent is much deeper than just a change of mind. It is a change of mind that leads to a change in our actions, who we are. And then notice in verse 6, uh, they came uh, confessing their sins. Confession is the admission of sin. And throughout Scripture, God calls His people to acknowledge and to confess their sins. And so John comes on the scene and he says, repent, recognize your sins, and turn from them. Now why is it so important for them to do that? Well, John said, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's like, now what's John talking about here? What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, the kingdom of heaven has to do with the rule and reign of God. And so John is saying that God is breaking into history in an entirely new way. Jesus, who is God, is coming on the scene, and he's coming with a mission, and his mission is to bring salvation. You remember in Matthew one twenty one, the angel said to Joseph, uh, talking about the birth of Jesus, and, and the angel says, She will bear a son, talking about Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so here's John announcing that salvation was coming, and it was exciting. And at the same time that John announces uh, the coming salvation, the good news, he also announces the coming judgment. John says the kingdom of God is at hand, and that's good news for those who repent, and it's bad news for those who are unwilling to repent and believe upon Jesus. And so, church, the, the day of the Lord throughout Scripture, even as it was prophesied in the Old Testament, was a day both of blessings and of judgment. Blessings and judgments. And so we have John boldly, urgently calling people to repent because salvation is here. It's here for those who will repent and believe, uh, but also is judgment and damnation upon those who decide to remain in their sin. And again, church, this is a message that, man, I need you to understand today. Salvation is a here. It's available, to, it's available to you if you'll turn from your sins and believe upon Jesus. But if you choose to remain in your sins outside of a relationship with Jesus, then be warned about the coming judgment. I want you to hear the good news and the, and the bad news this morning. And so, speaking of bold preaching, 7 through 10, uh, here in chapter 3, is about as bold as it gets. And John preaches, uh, he directs much of his attention to the Pharisees and the, the Sadducees. And notice what he says. 
uh, he, when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees come into his baptism, he said, you brood of vipers, come, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. That, that's not going to get you into heaven. He says, for I tell you that God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. One thing that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had in common is their thinking that they could do things in order to earn favor with God. They thought that they could live in a certain way, that they would earn the righteousness, they would have their own righteousness before God. And John comes, and with boldness, he says, you brood of vipers, you offspring of snakes. I told him, this is not a compliment. Uh, he's saying, you're a bunch of sly, deceiving snakes. And it's really what they were teaching was as dangerous as snakes. If, if you're taught that you can somehow earn favor with God, that is so dangerous. And so John calls them out for that. John says in verse 10, the axe is at the root of the tree. It's a, a picture of judgment, the fact that judgment is at hand. And so listen, and the king is coming. And listen to what John says in verse 12. He says, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, John is using farmer uh, imagery here and the farmer would go and and there would be the grain and the wheat and and he would take his winnowing fork and he would get a hold of it and throw it in the air and the grain which is the good stuff it was heavier uh, than the weeds and so the the grain would fall down the, the chaff would blow over to the side and and so he would separate it and then he would later go get the chaff and bundle it up and throw it in the fire it wasn't good for anything other than to be burned up and this is the imagery that John uses to describe the coming of Jesus and the fact that Jesus is coming to separate those who repent and turn in faith to him from those who refuse to do that. And Jesus even gives us some parables about this, this separation. And uh, those who will not turn to Jesus will ultimately be cast into this unquenchable fire. And so here's what we find. Jesus is coming as Savior. He was. John announces that. And we know this. He's coming back as judge. And so we get to decide that we want him to be our Savior or we stand before him as our judge. The winnowing fork is in his hand. The axe is at the, the, the base of the tree. And he is cutting down every tree that does not bear fruit, the, the fruit of faith. And he's throwing it into the fire. And so John would say that his wrath is imminent and his punishment is eternal. I mean, we notice the description, this unquenchable fire. That, that's referring to the fires of hell. And so John warns about that. Listen, church, the, the essence of the gospel, and we, we want to be gospel people. We want to talk about the gospel all the time. It, it, the gospel begins with who God is. He is our creator, he is our king, and he is holy and righteous. He is separated from sin. He is wholly opposed to sin. And we all have something in common, and that is that we're sinners. And in our sin, we are separated from God, and we deserve punishment because of our sins. But John comes and says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The, the king has come in the person of Jesus, and he's come to save us from our sins. And so turn and trust in him. Repent, believe, and be baptized. Be saved from eternal punishment. That, that was the message of John, and that's the message that we still proclaim these 2,000 years later. Now, we can ask, was John the first preacher of, of hellfire and brimstone? Maybe. Oh, it depends on if we want to count the prophets of old, but, but he's also the, the first preacher to preach grace and mercy and the rescue of God. Listen, apart from the grace and mercy of God, we all stand condemned in our sins. We're sinners by nature and by choice, and we stand under the wrath of God, and Jesus has come to, to rescue us from our sins. And so John comes on the scene, and he says, listen, there's a way out. The king has come. Turn from your sins and trust in Him, and He will save you. That's the great news that's available to those who will trust in Jesus. 
So John lived simply. He preached boldly. And then verse 6, he baptized. People came. So he baptized openly. Uh, that's where he gets the name, John the, the Baptist. I mean, that's not his last name. Uh, we call him John the, the Baptizer because that's what he did. And that's why we baptize people the way we do, we, in the immersion of water. John is in the Jordan. If you ever go to Israel, you probably get the opportunity to go to the Jordan River. You can even go there and be baptized. I got that privilege one time. But John was in the river. The people were coming to him. They were turning from their sins. They were being baptized. And uh, the word baptized literally means to immerse or to submerge or to plunge. And so we try to do it the way that, that John and, and Jesus did it. Verse 11 says that uh, I baptize you with water for repentance. There's one coming after me. He'll baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. But I, I John says, I, I baptize you with this. So uh, baptism was not a common thing amongst the Jewish people at this time. Uh, from what I found, only the, the people who, who would get baptized were Gentiles who decided that they wanted to follow the one true and living God, Yahweh. And when they decided they wanted to come and be a follower of Yahweh, they would be baptized as, a, as it represented ritual cleansing. And so along comes John, and basically he says to the Jewish people, which is the people in that area, you need to recognize your sins. You need spiritual cleansing to prepare yourself because the king is coming, the Messiah, the, the promised one. He's, he's coming, and you need to get ready for him. And so verse 6 says, we see people coming back in, in verse 5, people from Jerusalem and in the region of Judea. These were Jewish people, and they were coming to be baptized and to confess their sins. Now, some people say, what's the big deal about baptism? Well, I said there that uh, verse 11, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Uh, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. The one who's coming after me, listen, he will save you from your sins, and, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, that, that can be a little confusing, and, and there are some charismatic teachings that's today that proclaim that this baptism with the Holy Spirit is, is something that's only for a select few Christians, and it's associated with the speaking of tongues. Listen, church, that's not at all what John's talking about here. Uh, when... When the Apostle Paul comes on the scene, he tells the church about being baptized with the Spirit. Let me, let me read a verse for you. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For in one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Baptized into the body of Christ. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of the one Spirit. And so Paul is saying that when you trust in Christ for salvation, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you. That's not new. That was promised in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 36, 26. I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And that's the new covenant promise, a new heart, a new spirit. And so listen, church, at the moment of your conversion, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that becomes a reality in your heart, and you are baptized with the Spirit. And so listen, all who have trusted in Christ have been baptized with the Spirit. And John's saying that Jesus, the King, He's coming, and He will transform your hearts, and you will be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. The King is coming who will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. Now, throughout Scriptures, whenever we see fire, it's often in reference to the purifying, refining work of God in our lives. And so I believe that John is talking about this work of salvation that the Holy Spirit brings in our lives when He transforms our hearts and begins to purify our lives to conform us more and more into the image of Jesus. God not only saves us, but He works to transform our lives into Christ's likeness. Now all this leads to Jesus showing up in the wilderness one day. Verse 13, Jesus came from Galilee, which is where he was ministering, to the Jordan to John. 
and he wants to be baptized by John. And that's pretty intimidating to John, as you might imagine. But let's look at the baptism of Jesus, and let's think about his baptism. We already said that John's baptism was a baptism for repentance, and we know some things about Jesus, and one of those things is that he never sinned. And so he has no reason to repent because he's never sinned. He, and so let's consider why are the reasons for Jesus being baptized. And, and I think that there's a combination of things that led to Jesus being baptized. On one hand, Jesus is being baptized, at least in part, as part of his identification with sinners. And so it is an identification with sinners. You, you remember when Isaiah told us that Jesus would come and Isaiah 53, 12 says that he would be numbered with the transgressors. Now, who's the transgressors? We are. We're the sinners. And Jesus came like us, uh, and he would identify with the transgressors, ultimately identifying with our sin. Church, when we're baptized, listen, we get the privilege of identifying with Jesus. He's already identified with us. When we, when we get baptized, we get to identify with his sinless life, with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now, that's a, that's a neat thing. But just so that this makes sense, a baptism, in a very real sense, is his identification with us. We regularly look at 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, because we were sinners, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. The Father made the Son to become sin for us, even though he had never sinned, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So he takes on our sin so we can be made right with God. And that's the essence of why Jesus came. And it was illustrated from the very beginning of his ministry when he was baptized. So his identification with sinners. And then it seems that Jesus is also setting an example for us. And so we'll call this an example for the saints. And in this sense, we're called saints through faith in Jesus. And, and so he, Jesus, is modeling obedience for his followers for something that he will eventually command for all of his followers. So he's given us an example to follow. And, uh, and he's validating the importance of baptism. Listen, church, baptism isn't uh, something we've made up. It's not a man-made tradition Baptism is something that God established and something that God has told every follower of Christ to do in the Great Commission. You remember that? Matthew 28, 19? Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so as we make disciples, we baptize believers. And so Jesus set the stage for all that uh, by giving us an example at the very beginning. Now, I've said before that baptism is kind of the, the, the wedding ring for the Christian life. It is our public identification with Jesus, that Jesus has saved me. I, I wear this ring so you'll know that I'm married to Jenny. I'm baptized so that I publicly want you to know that I'm a follower of Jesus, that he saved me. And to the watching world, I'm united with Jesus, and I'm not ashamed of that. That's what we're saying when we're baptized. That's what Ken and, 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 and Michaela said this morning. I, I want to, you to know that I'm united with Christ. I'm not ashamed. And then thirdly, Jesus was baptized as an illustration of salvation. Baptism is a very clear picture of death and resurrection to new life. So Jesus, from the very beginning, is giving us a picture an illustration, a, a foretaste of what would be the climax of his ministry. And we know that his ministry climaxed on a cross. He's given us a foretaste of that in his baptism. And his immersion, think about this, portrays his future death and resurrection. And church, that's the essence of the gospel. That Christ came, that he was uh, buried. On the third day he arose again in accordance with the Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15. That's the essence of the gospel. And uh, do you realize that we see the gospel demonstrated every time somebody's baptized? 
You've already seen it twice this morning when, when they died to sin and was raised to new life. It pictures the gospel. And so when we are baptized, when we are immersed in the water, we, we go under the water and we don't stay there too long, do we? And we come out of the water and it's a picture of dying to our sin and being raised to a new life in Christ. Sometimes we quote Romans 6, 4, buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. And so it pictures us dying to sin and us new life in Christ. Now, there might be some other reasons, but I, I believe those are the primary reasons that Jesus was baptized. Now let's consider the responses to Jesus' baptism. Baptism. I, I think what's neat is all three members of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, they're all involved in the baptism. Isn't it neat? Jesus, the Son, is baptized. And so we get that in, in verse 16. He was baptized, baptized by water. He goes up out of the Jordan after that. But then we see the, the Spirit's anointing. The heavens open and the Spirit descends like a dove. And Now, church, this is not the first time uh, the Spirit has come upon Jesus. We, we know back in, in Matthew 1 that, that uh, uh, even before He was born, the Holy Spirit was on Him. The, the Spirit came upon Mary and she conceived. And, and even jo John, when he was in Elizabeth's belly, uh, the Spirit was there upon Jesus already. And, and so... Uh, this is just a public display of what Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah 61.1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives, the opening of prison for those who are bound. And so the Spirit of God was upon Jesus for that purpose. And then I want you to notice the Father's announcement in verse 17. And this is, a, this is an incredible scene here. I was thinking back about Amy and Sarah last week. Uh, they had some family, and they brought them some flowers. And uh, I saw them with the flowers, and I thought, that's neat. Uh, it, it should be that kind of celebration. And so if you know somebody's getting baptized, get them some flowers. Or I mean, not the men. They, Ken won't want the flowers, do you, Ken? You, no flowers for Ken. But anyway... It, uh, that was kind of neat. But at Jesus' baptism, I mean, something incredible. There, there's this voice from heaven. Verse 17, behold means to, to listen up. A voice from heaven said, and this is the Father speaking, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so listen, church, Jesus is God's beloved Son. And the Father is well pleased with His Son, and He's well pleased with the mission for which He came to fulfill. In Isaiah, we have what we call the suffering psalms, uh, beginning in Isaiah 42. And uh, these, are psalm, uh, these are prophecies about the coming of Jesus and the fact that, uh, that he would suffer. Uh, he would be a suffering servant for us. Well, uh, it just so happens that Psalm 42 says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. This is the coming of Jesus. And later on in Isaiah 53, 5, it says that he would be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And so we put those psalms together and we say the chosen one becomes the crushed one for our sake. And so uh, the Father is well pleased with the Son. So we considered the, the baptism of the beloved Son of God, and I thought we would just conclude with the bottom line for us today. What, what's, why are we talking about this today? What, what do we need to do? Listen, the bottom line for us is there's, there's four things we need to do. The first one is we need to repent. We need to turn from our sins. That message of John is not unique to John. He began by calling people to repent. And then Jesus, when he begins his public ministry, that's in the next chapter, chapter 4, in Matthew 4, 17, Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says the same thing. Uh, Peter, on his first sermon, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit's poured out. Peter gets up and he begins to preach. And you know what he preaches? Acts 2, 38, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Turn from your... So there, there is this call to repent. And so without question, listen, the, the message of Scripture for every single one of us this morning is to repent and to turn from our sins. 
And it's still just as important because our God is holy. He is separated from sin. And we need to turn from our sins. And we need to turn from trusting in ourselves to try to merit God's favor. We need to turn to Jesus and Him alone to be saved. And so we repent. And secondly, we believe. We trust in the Son. That's, that's what faith is. The beloved Son who came to save us from our sins. We are invited to turn from our sins and to trust in Him. And listen, when you do, then you are invited to rest in His righteousness. Anybody need to rest this morning? You're thinking about that hour of sleep, aren't you? Well, I'm talking about more than that. I, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about Jesus was gentle and lowly in heart. And He invites us to come and find rest for our soul. It's the rest of the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were trying to earn something from God. And John comes along and Jesus comes along and says, Listen, turn from that and come to me and find rest for your souls. I, I want you to know this morning that just as Jesus is the beloved Son of God in whom he is well pleased, when you place your faith in Jesus, when, you, when your life is united with his, the Father looks down upon your life and he sees the righteousness of his own Son, Jesus. And you know what? He is well pleased with you. And it has nothing to do with you and what you did. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done for us. You are pleasing in His sight. You are beloved by Him. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Just based on the simple fact that your life has been united with Christ, you have become a beloved son of God. You are a child of God, and you are pleasing in His sight. If we heard a voice from heaven this morning, he, the Father would still say, this is my beloved child. I'm well pleased in that. And so I don't want anybody to leave here this morning thinking that you have to do something else in order to earn the favor of God. Listen, if you have come by faith to Christ, you are accepted by God and you are delightful in His sight. And so just rest in that. Amen? Will that free anybody up this morning? Now, I'm not telling you to be lazy. I'm not telling you not to serve. To get, no, I'm not telling you. I'm talking about your salvation. I want you to rest in Christ and what he did for you on the cross. And so repent, believe, and, and thirdly, be baptized. Your first act of obedience after becoming a Christian is to be baptized. It's, it's the first fruit of obedience. Now, listen, I, I'm going to tell this on Ken. I might have mentioned before, uh, three or four weeks ago, the first thing Ken said, now, I don't have to stand in front of all those people and get baptized, do I? But you know what? God gets a hold of you, and you'll do things that you didn't think you could ever do, and you'll do it for His glory. And Ken's been excited this week. That makes me excited. Listen, yeah, it's the first act of obedience. Why would you want to call yourself a follower of Christ and not be baptized? And so what are you waiting for? If you're here and you're a Christian, be baptized. I mean, listen, walking the aisle is good and all that, but baptism is the biblical, visual, public picture of your saving identification with Christ and so quit putting that off be baptized as a believer and then finally I'm going to add this one bear fruit we look back in verse 8 bear fruit in keeping with repentance what, what in the world is that bear fruit in keeping with listen when we are united with Christ the spirit begins to bear fruit in our life you know, say, what kind of fruit? Listen, we know some of the fruit. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self Listen, anybody need some of that in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Anybody? Well, the Spirit begins to, to work in our life, and, and, and maybe we, we had all this other, <clears throat> I don't know what we'd call it, Maybe we call it vegetables or something. I don't know. Anyway, the Spirit begins to work in our lives and bear this fruit. And, and so this morning, as we close, the picture that we see in baptism is, is dying to our sinful nature and living a new life united with Christ. And so listen, we trust in Christ and we seek Him to do the things in our life that we know, that, that he, he knows that we need. Listen, we need help understanding the Scripture sometimes. Well, we ask, we ask Him to help us to understand that. And, 
And uh, we, we ask him to produce a faith in us that will bring the, the fruit of, of his desires in our lives. And listen, church, we don't do it alone. We're, we're in Christ. And listen, when we're in Christ, we know that he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or can even imagine. He's able to do that. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, will you respond to the beloved Son of God this morning? Will you respond to him? Will you repent and believe upon him? Will you give your life to Jesus this morning and be saved? Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for John who came and and said, Get ready. The king is coming. And we thank you that Jesus would would step out of heaven and come and live a sinless life. Give us an example. We thank you that Jesus would go and die on the cross. And we'll just thank you for that. And thank you for the invitation that we find this morning, not to, to try to earn something from you, but simply to, to turn from ourself, to turn from our sins and to believe upon Jesus to come and, and find rest in what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for that. Lord, I, I pray this morning that you might save someone that's here this morning. Maybe someone listening. Maybe someone in this room. Would you do that? Would you save them and help them to see their need for you? We praise you for that, Lord. With your heads bowed this morning, your eyes closed, would you, just, would you do business with God for just a few moments? And would you just tell Him what's on your heart? Listen, He, he hears. Maybe you just this morning you must say, Lord, I'm, I need to be saved. And maybe you say, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means even. Listen, it just means you cry out to God and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died for my sin. And, and the best that I know how, I, I want you to forgive me. I, I believe in you. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that it sent your beloved son to the cross. And I recognize this morning I need you. And so I turn from my sin. The best that I know how, I believe upon Jesus. And I want to be saved. Will you save me, Lord? Listen, church, the words aren't what's important. It's what's in your heart. and God knows your heart. He just invites you to respond to him this morning. And then we'll have a few moments where we'll invite you to publicly respond to, to Jesus. And maybe you need to respond this morning and say, I, that's me. I want to repent and believe and be saved. And, man, we'll rejoice in that. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, listen, I'm one of those. I've... I've been saved and it's been a long time. I've never been baptized. I'm Listen, just get that off your shoulders this morning. Follow the Lord in baptism. Maybe you're here this morning. You need to join the church. You need to be a part of what God's doing here at Burlington Baptist. Whatever the Spirit might be prompting you to do this morning, we want to invite you to respond. And so stand with me. Sing to the Lord. Uh, come and be saved if... If that's what the Lord's calling you to do today, I'd love to talk to you about having a relationship with Jesus. So you respond this morning.
seated. If you'll be seated, I'll take this mask off, all right? Uh, Samantha, I might get you to come up here for just a second. We'll fill that out. Thank you, Jason, for that. This is Samantha Lamb, and this is uh, Amy's daughter and uh, Sarah's sister, and uh, she comes this morning, and she wants to follow Jesus, and we say amen for that. Amen. That's, uh, man, that's exciting. You know, in Acts, you know the Philippian jailer, he said to Paul, when he thought they was escaping, what must I do to be saved? And he said, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. And, and he didn't mean that automatically everybody in your house, no, but when the gospel is proclaimed, people get saved. And uh, so I'm so excited. Sarah, you came, and now your mom and your sister, and uh, we praise the Lord. I'm going to talk to S Samantha Samantha Lamb, did I call you, did I say that right? Samantha Lamb, I'll talk to her about baptism, and uh, praise the Lord, thank you. Thank I'm you. so excited for her, amen. amen. All right, so uh, if Michaela will come down and Ken will come down, I have a baptismal certificate and Bibles for them. Michaela, so excited for you, and uh, I know you've got a few Bibles, but I pray you'll wear them all out for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you. And Ken, uh, you know, I gave Ken a Bible last year, uh, so this year I got him a devotional guide that goes along with our men's study. And uh, Ken, I'm so excited for you, and uh, I praise the Lord for you, brother. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. All right. God's good. Amen. It's so good to see you all. I mean, I... I just, uh, it's humbling to see God at work and see people get saved each week, and I just praise the Lord for that. Come back tonight at 6. We have one of those things called business meeting, and uh, it's for the members. We call it, uh, yeah, we call it a members meeting, and uh, we, we're, we're going to start that meeting. We'll celebrate what God's been doing through baptism and new members, and so that's tonight at 6. The married group will meet at 7. After that, they won't eat tonight. They'll just meet after the business meeting. Uh, the 27th is a game night. Uh, everybody's invited to that. We have three weeks till Easter. Can you believe that? And so, uh, yeah. And so, uh, be inviting people on Easter morning. We'll have an 8 o'clock, a 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we'd love to get our members 
unless someone's coming with you to the 11 o'clock, we'd love for you to come to one of the early services uh, because we, we're expecting to need every seat available. And so if you'll do that, you'll come to one of those first two services and maybe help serve at the 11 o'clock. That would be super. Um, we are also looking for some uh, first impressions team. Jonathan probably mentioned that. Uh, man, if you're looking for a place to start, we just, uh, once a month, you're on a team and you welcome people. It's pretty easy. And, uh, but we want to, we need to fill our teams up and uh, we want to be ready for Easter. And so let us know, call us and say, hey, I'll, I, I'll try that and we'll train you and get you a shirt and you'll be ready to go by Easter. So let us know about that. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, we, we certainly want to pray for, for Mickey Clore family, and we know that uh, that's impacted a lot of us this week, uh, knowing that uh, Mickey passed and at a young age. And, uh, and so pray for, uh, for Sally and for Chase. and so just, to, just pray for that family. I know lots of you were friends, and, and it hurts to lose a friend. And so uh, we rejoice together as a church, and, and we mourn together, and, and we certainly do both of those this morning. So why don't you stand and... And uh, we'll pray, and then after our prayer, our, our deacons will dismiss from the back to the front, and again, we thank you for continuing to help us take some precautions. And uh, anything else, on, anybody else? I've forgotten. Is that it? We start men's discipleship this week. We started this morning. We got some more Wednesday night. I, I told this morning that uh, if you're one of those men who wait to the last minute, well, you're there. And uh, <laughs> Wednesday night, we got... One at 6.30, one at 7. Uh, if you want to get in, we'll still get you in. Oh, Wednesday morning, yes. Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening. So uh, we got some extra materials just for some of you men who do that. So, <clears throat> hey, Ken's family, thank you all for coming. I know that's exciting. And Michaela, that group back there, we love you guys from Answers in Genesis and Creation Museum. So praise the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we're humble today. You're so good. And... Uh, you're mighty to save, and uh, we know we're sinners, and uh, we know even after we're saved, we sin, and we fall short, and, and then you invite us to confess our sins, and you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteous. Thank you for that. Thank you that just by believing that the Father looks at us and is well-pleased, well-pleased because of what Jesus did for us. And Lord, we want to go out this week, and we want to share the good news. And Lord, I, I pray for all the ones that are being prayed for in this church. We pray that, that we'll see fruit from that, and some will be saved. And just thank you for Samantha this morning and her new faith. Lord, help us to love and encourage her to come alongside her and to be faithful to help her grow in her faith. Lord, bless our men's studies. Lord, bless our ladies too. Thank you for them. Thank you for our children. We're thankful that they get to meet again on Wednesday nights. And uh, Lord, I just want to take a few moments and, and pray for Mickey's family. Uh, Lord, we, we grieve with them. We grieve with Chase and just knowing that his dad's gone. We just pray your comfort. Lord, help us as a church to, to stand in the gap on Mickey's behalf for Chase and for Sally and for that family. Lord, for those even in this room, and listening, who are grieving. We pray your comfort for them. Lord, you're the God of all comfort, and, and we come to you this morning asking for that special comfort. Lord, you know the other needs of this body. For Bob, we pray for him and Jim and, and Christy and uh, just so many that are having treatments. We lift up Gene and Judy and just Danny. Lord, thank you for, for them, and Lord, help us to be faithful to pray for one another. Lord, send us out this week as your ambassadors, ambassadors of good news that Jesus saves. And uh, we bless your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.